0: Welcome to Relatable with Ash, where we talk about all things mindset, wellness, relationships, and empowerment. Okay. Welcome back to Relatable. I'm here with Chaz.
1: Hello.
0: <laughs> Today, we don't have anything solid planned. Uh, to jump on the podcast with. But something that came to me while I was just on the toilet was, <laughs> was where all my best ideas come apart from the shower, <laughs> is um, the Chris Rock, Will Smith thing. It's not new news, but I saw this Facebook post and it was a bunch of questions that you can ask or encourage your kids to ask if you have kids um just opening up the conversation to a non-judgmental point of view and being able to um allow curiosity instead of i guess jumping on the hate bandwagon or jumping on either side and one of the questions was um is it all right for a man to defend his woman Mm. which is something that i want good question it is a good question and there are many variables involved but I want to get your opinion on that cuz I know where I stand um but yeah I want to I want to know what where you stand on that
1: Yeah I think yeah uh, the set and setting is the biggest issue with the whole scenario like I think not many people would have that big of a problem with it if Chris Rock was just like let's say out in the middle of the street and just yelled out this like Joking solo about Will's wife having no hair and she's got this alopecia issue. Mm. Um, yeah, I would say it's probably slightly more okay to slap the shit out of him in that scenario <laughs> rather than when um, Chris Rock's actually doing his job mm. as a comedian. Mm. Like, you can't, you can't, like the guy's literally working. That's his job. That's why he's there. He's gonna make laughs and he he's gonna point out some sore points inevitably because that's why things are funny if you can point out the sore point and then flip it so that way we can look at the light side of it that's the best part about comedy Mm. um and so yeah obviously the setting is couldn't be worse of a setting to react in that way and yeah 100 percent will is in the wrong Um, but yeah, if you just transpose that into a completely different scenario and someone was calling out your wife in public, Mm. it would probably go down very differently. Not saying you should still hit someone, but Mm. I could see that as being much more acceptable if someone was like making slurs at your wife and, um, yeah, you, you, you would feel as though that was like, people wouldn't be up in arms as much, Mm -hmm. um, and particularly, like, if you're looking at the cultural context, like, if you were, like, in a movie or something like that, or, like, even if you went back, like, 10 years ago, those kinds of things you would see in movies all the time, and TV shows, and, like, the actual culture would be pushing for you to react in a certain way. Even, like, um, like if someone was to say something, like, in a scenario where, like, someone was bullying your brother or your sister or something like in a school ground scenario like that would probably encourage you to stick up for the little sibling in some kind of way not saying violence is the right mm-hmm. reaction but mm-hmm. it would probably lean towards that and it's just kind of, kind of goes to show where we're heading as a culture mm-hmm. with violent actions and violence is just like so far removed from the right response um, for anything anymore.
0: Yeah, we're Um, calling for a more emotionally intelligent society. Yeah, 100%.
1: It is great, but it's also interesting. I look at it from the perspective of there's still a good majority of the world, like at least 50% or higher, that do not live in a society where we have as much privilege and as much um i guess room to ponder how to react and behave in those scenarios because they live in places that are accustomed to so much violence mm. um, that i think it's also softening us as a culture mm. um, like again the stage wasn't right to do that in yeah. but like inevitably there's there's still bad people out there and i do often wonder like what happens if something horrible kind of like cracks like oh happens in in our own society and how will people react or Will will be too soft to actually engage with like something that is like super violent and oppressive against us and people mm-hmm. are so soft about it that they won't be able to take some kind of action against it mm-hmm. um and like it has shown in the past that, like, if you just consistently and consistently protest the the bigger picture, you're going to get somewhere in, in, non like, doing non-violent things. Like, the, the Black Rights Movement is a great example of that. Although probably some people would argue that there was some also, like, Malcolm X was kind of slightly towards the more violent end of things. Mm-hmm. And then you've had Martin Luther King, who was going the other direction, was, like, all about peaceful protests. Mm-hmm. Um
0: Do you know what? There's I actually read an really interesting quote by Martin Luther King the other day. It was a letter that he wrote while he was in jail, and it was saying that the problem with our society is actually the middleman, is like the middle middle class white person who stands by. That's the when he's talking in terms of like racism and equality. Like the 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 problem isn't the Ku Klux Klan members, although they are a part of it, and isn't like the the white supremists. It's the middle guy who does nothing, who just stands aside, who doesn't want to get involved, um, whether that's violently or not, or in peaceful protests. Um, that's actually, that's what he decided was, and I agree with him to some degree. Is the, yeah, the middle person who just stands by and hopes for change but doesn't take any action.
1: Yeah, well, yeah, I don't know. That's that's a weird one. Like, inevitably, the Edges are going to be the most loudest people. Um, And I think, like, we're just giving them too much of a voice and for some reason allowing the Edges to dictate too many choices whereas we should just be using like the awareness principle and being like oh let the edges speak they're going to say some crazy things and Mm. we're all going to be able to point out crazy Mm. whereas instead of validating the crazy and letting the crazy shift everything um but yeah like I, i like that's my kind of opinion with all of this like transgender things happening in sport like it's such a crazy crazy idea that we're letting women essentially take the brunt of this change and really women are losing out the most and like are now no longer competing on fair playing fields in all these professional settings Mm. in sport in particular um but for the fact of uh, social justice we're allowing that to happen because we feel like as a culture everyone should have equality um but we're actually forcing equality onto it onto scenarios where it doesn't really apply like Mm. yeah and so women are losing out in that circumstance um
0: it's funny i don't i actually haven't formed a strong opinion uh for or against that like i i can see i can see both sides of the coin um and i probably definitely lean more towards your opinion but i really haven't like I don't know I guess it's not as important to me the idea of like even the Olympics or the sport yeah it's fun to watch but like and I can't understand because I'm not an athlete but I haven't formed enough of opinion about it um and even in discussing all of these topics I guess something that I want to point out is being able to have open discussions with curiosity and non-judgment right Mm -hmm. like even just me sitting here there'll be things that I don't agree with you on and over the years I've learned to allow you to have those opinions. Same with the whole Chris Rock will Smith thing, same with like yeah, gender equality or whatever you want to call it. The whole the, the problem tends to be polarizing sides, right? You either agree for like the Will Smith example, you either agree that Will Smith is is wrong and you you harden the paint on Will Smith or um you you know you understand that Chris Rock is a comedian and you know that when we are so aggressively one side, that's, that's cool. I, I, I respect that you have that opinion. But it's when you start fighting back and creating arguments instead of really listening to one another and allowing people to have their differences, I think that's where um, the problem really occurs.
1: Yeah, people are kind of just taking it from, like, the, the symptom and, like, they're looking at it from, oh, okay, Will Smith slapped um chris rock how horrible that is but they're not really looking at the causation like what is will going through in the background Mm. of his life in order for him to be able to be just sitting there already at like a nine ready to hit 10 and Mm -hmm. slap someone like the guy must be going through some stuff Mm -hmm. that none of us are aware of and it doesn't matter how much speculation you put on like we're not going to be able to get an inside window into his mind and work out what actually led him to doing that unless he actually becomes super vocal about it, but mm-hmm. at the same time, like anyone who's result in, resulting to violence in a situation is most certainly really dealing with some things that like are just currently beyond them and it's hard hard to get through, mm-hmm. and so that, that that's tough on him um as well and it's it's great that um chris rock had like just kind of took a step back mm-hmm. and was like, I'm not going to press charges because like it, it, that's really taking the, the um, the high road in that scenario because mm-hmm. he's kind of like, he, he is witnessing that he's like, okay, obviously there's bigger things going on. Like me just pressing charges on this scenario is only going yes. to make it worse and stop this person from actually possibly healing and just piling more rubbish on top of them. Like if someone's already drowning, you lend them a hand and pull them out. And you don't just like keep mm-hmm. pouring more water on top of them. Mm-hmm. And he, yeah, that's a perfect example of that. It's the whole turn the other cheek scenario. And he turned the other cheek, which is so cool. So mm-hmm. like props to Chris Rock for being such a man or woman. <laughs> but being <laughs> a such strong a strong person. person in that scenario. And just being like, this is, this is bigger bigger than me he's already made a fool of himself Mm -hmm. um there's no real action like no one actually got hurt Mm -hmm. chris is fine so yeah.
0: yeah understanding too that we're all human like i think we really especially when we're so far removed from that person we really forget they are human having their own experience regardless of who it is removing that you know those two people that we're talking about in any situation where something um has you know triggered us or it's you know we we form an opinion about it remembering that everyone involved is human mm. and there's so much more subtext to what's going on mm-hmm. than what we know and being able to come to that yes you can have your own opinions that's like that is part of the human condition we have opinions but being able to also come to a compassionate point of view um understanding that yeah they're all just what i've said they're all going through something also
1: super weird left left uh wing like view of the whole scenario but like how surreal would that have been being chris rock and just like living that moment and having it play out you would have felt almost out of body the whole time. You would have <laughs> yeah. just been so shocked. Is this real? <laughs> yeah, like exactly. You would have questioned it the whole time. Yeah, and it would have been like it's going to be a memory he's going to have for absolutely forever.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And like, depending on how he looks at it, it's kind of like that's a memory that you could cherish in a weird way. Like,
0: yeah, I kind of want to see his stand up when he comes to Australia now, just for that fact. Like, surely he's throwing that shit <laughs> yeah. in there sure yeah. he has to you can't not as a comedian yeah. oh, address that I
1: just gave him so much ammo like that's just yeah. like money in the bank for yeah. him yeah yeah that no, was a funny experience
0: yeah well his like and I, I know i've said this to you but his upcoming worldwide tour chris rocks is called ego death mm. and so it's just fucking ironic and hilarious that he gets slapped on stage in the face mm. telling a joke yeah and his reaction, like, stands true to that. Like, mm-hmm. there was no ego involved. Yeah. He wasn't, like, remove, get get him out of here, remove yeah. Will. Yeah,
1: um, he took it Took, it he like, took a it like a soldier, yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, that was awesome.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, there's so much actual, like, light you could take out of that scenario mm-hmm. if you just have that perspective. and t- Like, what what good can we learn from that scenario? Yeah. And I think Chris Rock has really instilled a lot of good values from that scenario, and we can all learn some really cool things from it. Mm -hmm. um so yeah like you said at the start it's about asking like those questions and allowing the curiosity of the conversation take you there because there's definitely it's taken the world by storm but it seems like people are talking about it for a lot of the wrong reasons when you could Mm -hmm. also be looking at all of the right reasons and what did go well in that scenario
0: yeah not even uh not getting distracted by the specifics of those two and and letting it open the conversation in your family and in your relationship, like, you know, even between us, it could open the question of when would I want you to step in to defend me? Or Mm. when, like, when should I step in? Or like, what is the right form of, um, defending and protecting? Yeah. You know, like, I guess I've imagined in my head so many scenarios where, (laughs) (coughs) because I, I guess especially when I was going through a lot and I didn't feel strong enough on my own um, to defend myself like in situations where we might be partying and a girl comes up to us. um, Like when is the right time for you to step in
1: to the
0: the conversation? And even in terms of when is the right, like when should I shut my mouth? Because I could probably be a loud mouth if I was defending you. Um, and at at some point it can like, it could hurt your ego, um, for me to just like, try to take control of the situation. You might want to be like, you know, like, actually, actually, I've got this, like, just let me handle it Mm -hmm. kind of thing. Or, um, yeah, something like that as well. There's so many different like conversations that you can take from that scenario.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, ideally, um, ideally we don't get in that scenario. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No violence, please. Yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> Don't break out. I
1: prefer I'm... to have no violence at all. I'm definitely very avoidant in like any kind of violent confrontation. Like it would be it would be a crazy extreme scenario for someone to somehow get me to the point where I'm like, you know what, I'm real I'm willing to possibly risk death because that's what you're effectively saying. If you're choosing to turn to throwing fists or hands you're you're literally choosing mortal combat like there's a chance you get struck hit the ground knock your head on the on the floor and die in that Mm -hmm. scenario and that to me that's just such a a useless not worthwhile Mm -hmm. use of your life like why would you do that unless you're getting paid absolute bags to to do that and you're a professional fighter it's just not worth the risk like, uh, I do think it's uh, like awesome with people who dedicate their lives to learning like a martial art and a skill of mm-hmm. some sort, or maybe multiple martial arts. Like, that's awesome. But you're learning so many other different values and skills from doing whatever that task is and becoming a master of something. But just going out and solving a confrontation with violence is just the last, the, the absolute last scenario i would want to be in what
0: would it take for you
1: to be to get to that point oh someone would someone would most certainly have to to, like physical physical first i'm definitely not ever choosing violence first Mm -hmm. um and like i've had that heaps of times like on sporting fields or um even even on nights out like even when people have hit me on a night out like, I've gotten very angry, but I haven't actually gone Pretending. to immediately strike or anything like that. I've just, like, you can see the anger inside, like, my eyes. Mm. And, but, like, I, yeah, I I haven't gone to <laughs> act on anything at all. And usually, like, you don't have much time anyway in those scenarios. But, yeah, definitely striking someone is the last thing you want to be considering. I I think that all the time, like, especially... I think Australia is good in a sense, like anytime someone, and it happens, it seems to happen a lot, but it's just because it's media, like the media publishes it a lot, but like people who get king hit, um, and it seems like there's probably, although we haven't had one maybe in a while, COVID's probably calmed that down. But it seemed like there was a good one or two people probably die, like men in particular die a year from just being striked while out in public. And, um, Yeah, they knock.
0: Scary odds.
1: Oh, yeah. And they knock their head on the ground and they just die from people just assaulting them. Um, And there's, yeah, it's just one punch and that could end it all. But like to me, I'm thinking that every single time there's some kind of confrontation. Like, Mm. could this possibly end up in a scenario where I end up hitting my head on the ground or one of my friends end up hitting their head on the ground or I hit this person and they end up hitting their head on the ground and then your whole entire life is now spent behind bars mm. and well maybe you're maybe lucky not. and you get self-defense uh, but still it's just not worth that risk like that gamble's so big
0: yeah i don't i see i don't think i would ever do it never say never though anything is possible um But yeah, that definitely hasn't crossed my mind when I've been imagining those scenarios. And usually when I am imagining those scenarios, it's coming from a place of anger. Like I'm already angry or I'm triggered. And that's the power of anger, I suppose, is you can imagine those scenarios and you can imagine yourself actually physically hurting someone. Um, But it actually does feel better to be able to take the high road Like the fact that someone's hit you before and you've been able to not retaliate, it's like is a great testament to your like mental and emotional strength. I think, and that's probably what it does come down to with those people, even though they're drunk or they're on drugs. Like Mm. at the end of the day, what's their baseline emotional, um, strength and mental strength, their capacity for
1: (laughs) yeah. Like if they're already at that point and they're willing to hit you, and you like in my scenario, like I was a complete stranger you're just like what What else are they willing to like they're willing to risk some craziness and i'm not i'm not willing to go down that road like find a find a way to get out of that situation is my best advice like you don't want to be in that situation full stop if you can get a way out get a way out um a lot of the time running is always an option like mm. i'm not saying like, like if you're some, a bunch of people beating on a friend um mm. obviously go help them but like
0: but if doesn't... there's an
1: escape route yeah and there normally almost always is an escape route it's always best to just de-escalate and leave the situation mm. um not always possible like there's always going to be like those dark alley moments where people might you never know what might can happen but like yeah. we're talking about things that happen very rarely in our cultural context or society i guess yeah is what i'm trying to get at
0: it also, I think, speaks to my privilege, the idea that I know I would be safe if I was to hit someone, especially if it was a male. Like If I was to, like in my imagination, fly kick a male, <laughs> <laughs> no matter what they did, if we were in a public setting, there's people around me, if I was to fly kick someone, not that I'm sure that I could, I'd probably just land on my ass mm-hmm. or like punch punch a man or slap him or throw drinks on him, whatever. It speaks to my privilege as a small white woman that I would not get in trouble for that. The most that could happen was either the security guards, for example, if we're in a nightclub security guards might even just see that a male is involved and take the male out or they might even, you know, they'll they'll just ask me to leave the club. Mm. Um, They're not going to get too physical with me. Um, and that's that is the privilege of the white woman in in clubbing scenarios. we get away with a lot,
1: yeah, just women show. in general, but yeah, yeah, definitely, I agree with you, but again, I like immediately think because i I just think in like the scenarios where like even my little brother just like accidentally hit me in the nuts one time, <laughs> which was so painful, but like I just instinctively slapped him in the head straight away, like yeah. it was it was just like there wasn't even the slightest thought in it like. He hit me in the nuts. He was small. He was like, I don't know, maybe six. Um, and he, he just ran up and he just like punched, you punched straight me in straight in the balls. Because we, we were play fighting, but like it was just like. You didn't understand that boundary he, there. Yeah. And like I immediately just gave him like, uh, like, not crazy hard, but like hard enough for it to shock him. Uh, and I just like quickly whacked him on the side of the head. And he looked at me in just such shock um and uh, but i i kind of see that scenario that could play out if you were to like for some reason strike a guy out in the club like you don't know what their instinctive reaction mm-hmm. might be and a man hitting someone your size mm. like just the punch could be fatal yeah. if if that was like their reaction you don't know how tight or wound up these guys are like mm. and so like yeah again for me like i just don't want even any of like any girl to even have that thought in their head that that is like a An possible option. option that they could go down is striking mm. uh, another human being, but also especially like a guy. And hopefully, we get to the point where that's never ever a problem. Mm. Um, but in reality, it is. And there's some guys out there that will hit a woman, mm. uh, um, or wouldn't actually hit a woman in normal circumstances, but out of like just the sheer moment and like the surprise of it accidentally do strike you. Mm. And that would be horrifying to deal with.
0: Mm. I've even found out in a situation where in the past I would have imagined hitting someone. (laughs) I didn't. And I stood my ground and eventually I just, I kept standing. So what happened was we were at Rick's and we were leaving, which is a club in the Valley and my friend had, she's got big boobs, and she had, it like, a top that tied up at the front in a knot. And as we're trying to leave, the boys, you and George were, like, somewhere far behind. It was just me and my friend walking through. And some guy tugged at her shirt to try and get it undone. And he was a foreigner, so that there's some context, like – um,
1: Whether they think that's like slightly more culturally appropriate to them to be able to like interact with a girl like that, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Yeah, Depending on where he's from, some like European country. Um, immediately when I think European, I'm like, oh yeah, they're more open to that kind of stuff. Not that it excuses what he did, but I understood that in the moment. Um, but still, I was like, I was so mad that I could have hit him, but Mm. I didn't. And and I. I guess maybe that means I actually would never actually hit someone. But um, I turned to him and I was like, that's not funny. Don't do that. And I, I had my finger in his face and he was mocking me. Him and his, like he had two or three friends around him like, oh, so funny. And then I was like, no, I'm, I'm serious. Don't ever touch a woman like that, mm-hmm. um, regardless of you're touching them or their shirt like that. Um, and my, my friend was so stunned. She, like, she, she was in shock. She didn't know what to do. Um, and I stood there until he took me seriously and I looked him dead in the eyes, um finger in the face. And, and at the end, uh, towards the end, he was like, okay, okay, like he want to kind of wanted to calm me down. He still wasn't taking me seriously, which is only infuriating me more. But um, I just tried to use my words as much as possible. And then, of course, at that point, like, Chaz from the corner of the room has seen this man, like, up in my grill. Well, I'm up in his grill, but Chaz, not understanding the context, just bursts through, and he kind of, he's standing, he's standing there next to me and the guy, and I don't know what was happening, but um, that was, like, that was a great, I guess, defence, I suppose. Yeah, just Jordan and I December. went far behind. But,
1: yeah, yeah I came in, and I pretty much, like, Pushed the guy aside and was like, we're leaving. Yeah. And we all just left.
0: Yeah. But being able to even, um, use your words and not getting caught up in the facts, but just reiterating like that is not okay. Mm. Like don't do that. That's not cool. Um, regardless of what situation you're in, whether they're drunk, whether you're drunk, cause I was definitely drunk. Um, but yeah, being able to come to that spot, I think is super important and like look at the conversation that's being opened up even between us but is going to be opened up between a bunch of people when is when is hitting someone okay when is it not okay
1: yeah and i think like what society's telling us now is hitting someone is never okay yeah um but i i'm on the fence about that i think mm-hmm. there is going to be some scenarios in life where you're going to have to possibly have like resort to violence in order to escape like there is bad people out there and they Mm. they if someone wants to do bad things to you and you don't have the capability of defending yourself um like that is an issue as well so it it is a necessary evil um but yeah obviously back to bring it full circle that scenario in that setting with chris rock and will not the best scenario to ever engage like that Mm -hmm. but there might be a scenario where someone instills violence on you and and it's okay. And if Chris Rock had have hit Will, we would have all been fine with that, right? Because he didn't initiate it. But, yeah, yeah, again, props to him for not engaging and de-escalating and being the bigger man and not lumping Mm -hmm. more load onto Will and and just letting it be what it is. And he's going to come out with a banger uh, comedy special Mm -hmm. bit that's going to crush it for him. Mm -hmm. yeah
0: yeah cool i had another i had another thought to put onto that but i it's completely escaped my mind
1: okay i wanted to um talk about like you had your last podcast what was her name sammy sammy the gym and fitness yeah yeah Yeah, cool I, i wanted to just touch on gym and fitness for a bit because um, I, I was enjoying that conversation that you two were having and you two were talking about confidence in the gym. Mm. And I like it from a female perspective, it's it's an interesting angle. And it also like I can see how that's like a big, big issue for women, particularly like we have whole female gyms created just for the sake of women not having to feel like they're being watched constantly when they're in the gym and that's definitely like it's such a masculine kind of space Mm. um and especially if you've got like when you're when you're considering like there's going to be some dudes in the gym that might be on like more testosterone and they're they're possibly doing those kinds of things as well like you've got like this kind of i guess almost like sexual act atmosphere in some circumstances as well like the male peacocking yeah the male gaze the peacocking that's occurring like it's already like a it a lot of people are in the gym because they care about the external and the image and mm. how they look for other people not necessarily always just for themselves mm. um so like it's a weird environment to be in and that can create a lot of anxiety but I wanted to, like, just talk from the male perspective. Like, even males, like, getting into gym, that can be, like, a really, really um awkward environment, particularly if you've never been there before. Um, I've, like, I've got some funny stories where I've, like, completely goofed in the gym and, like, I would be the last person you would expect to hurt themselves in a gym <laughs> or do something ridiculous these days. But, like, I also had humble beginnings at some point, I remember I was on the treadmill one time and I was going, I was going pretty hard. Like it was like a four minute run, but like I had the, I had the speed up at like a pretty good run. Um, and I was, I was going at the point where I was like, once you hit the four minute mark, you're pretty gas. Like you're going to have to actually stop. And I had not used treadmills very much at that point. And treadmills are interesting. Cause like, I I also, like, just side note, don't think treadmills are that great. Like, you could run so many more kilometers on a treadmill than you could on actual ground because the treadmill's actually doing 50% of the work Mm. because ground doesn't pull you along, does it?
0: Yeah, it's also reliable. Like, there's no, like, divots in the ground, so you know you can consistently run safely, I think.
1: Yeah, well, that's the whole reason why they have them is, like, it's space-effective and also um like the load on you is less um so you can get like a good cardio workout in with very low risk mm-hmm. however there is some risk and this is where the story kind of comes in and so I'm doing this like four minute um sprint and I'm running pretty hard and I hit the stop button and I just like had never really used the treadmill before at this point and I hit the stop button just assuming for some reason that forgetting all of newton's principles (laughs) thinking the treadmills inertia would just stop Mm. and so like i hit the stop button and just stopped running (laughs) and didn't use like the side rail that you're supposed to use and It just ejected me, (laughs) ejected me and I was on the last treadmill with the wall behind me and so it ejected me off this treadmill at a pretty alarming rate (laughs) and smashed me into this wall behind and I'm like sprawled onto the wall just going, oh God, what the hell? And people like in the whole gym would have heard it. Like people were looking oh. to check. I got up pretty quickly and tried to shake it off. And people kind of like one guy came in like a bit of a thumbs up just to check if I was okay. Oh. And yeah, my uh my gym workout at that point was like pretty railroaded. I definitely stuck it through though. Like I was like, yeah, I'm gonna finish my workout. Um, but like even just like <laughs> making that decision to stay and push through the embarrassment of just. Mm making like a horrid mistake like that yeah and just yeah
0: i think honestly the people in the gym seeing you stay after that would have been had like a newfound respect for you like their respect for you would have just gone up yeah like the 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 secondhand shame that they felt would have dissipated Like man good on him because a lot of people would just leave yeah if that was to happen so. yeah
1: well that that's actually a really good segue into um One of these like ideas I've been playing with lately and um, I've coined it the emotional connoissance continuum. What? Okay. So you got like dissonance, which is like the opposing, opposing, whereas connoissance is like harmony. Right. Right. So I've called it the emotional connoissance continuum. And there's all these like different feelings that I've kind of just been like identifying and noting down whether you can find alignment between them Mm -hmm. and even though they might be viewed normally as opposing each other depending on how you look at it um you can actually flip it so it works out in your favor Mm -hmm. and so that scenario where you had like it was a really awkward moment right Mm -hmm. and that like awkward moments like they can they can pop up all the time particularly if you're someone like me who i talk a lot And I can get myself into situations where I'll say things that will be either super controversial or people have misunderstood what I mean from this super controversial thing. And I've kind of just put my foot in my mouth. Mm. And you can kind of like almost just like there's a stank in the air for a moment where people are just kind of like, did he just really say what (laughs) I think he just said? Did he mean what I think he meant? And if you panic in that situation... Like, you can just be in this awkward moment where you just kind of feel almost shameful. However, the thing that you could flip in that kind of scenario is, like, awkward can easily be flipped into a scenario where it's silly and funny, Mm. right? And you can bring humor into that. And if you just stick it out, and obviously, like, some people will continue digging a hole, so that might happen as well. But you can flip awkward to then also turning it into amusement and laughter. And so those kind of like emotion, emotions from going from awkward, embarrassed, to like light fun and making like that, that happiness out of it, mm. like those, those two can flip if you, if you find the right scenario where you, where you can do that. Mm. Um, and it's just not about like, I guess, dying on the sword and being able to like find a way out of that situation.
0: Yeah, having humility as well. Yeah. That's, I think that's the skill you learn from being able to do that. Mm. Or maybe you just learn it in the moment.
1: Yeah. And I'm like another emotion that I find um, can relate on that circumstance is anxiety. So, like, a lot of people experience anxiety all the time. Um, and you might be experiencing anxiety coming up to an event and you, like, let's say it's a job interview or perhaps it's, like, a really big sporting game or like maybe you're trying something for the very first time mm. whatever it might be like let's say you're bungee jumping or you're Even jumping jet out of a plane.
0: skiing was that for me
1: yeah exactly so you've got like this anxiety about it but at the same time like i always ask myself when i'm feeling anxious i go i feel the anxiety and i say am i anxious or am i just excited And by flipping it to excitement and just asking that question, then I kind of just talk myself into thinking it's excitement. And I'll just convince myself, oh, no, I'm just excited. And anxiety and excitement are pretty much exactly the same thing. One is just like a positive outlook on it. And so that's that that's that mm. connaissance there so that continuum is like you can swing to the other end but it doesn't actually require much input from you you just have to have like a slight per- perspective shift yeah and then you can turn it into this thing that works for you instead of something that's holding you back it can actually propel you forward with motivation
0: mm-hmm. it's um it could it could just be a mindset shift as well cuz anxiety and um excitement are both anticipation
1: Mm. but
0: one is i'm eager for this thing that i'm anticipating and one is i'm fearful of this thing i'm anticipating and even being able to ask yourself like um how how could i be excited for this thing like what what possibly could be exciting about this for me and being like you said um being able to talk yourself into the excitement of it all as well uh, that's definitely how I think I've been able to do a lot of things that would have scared me in the past. What 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 else is possible is the question I always ask whenever I feel an emotion that I'm struggling with. What else is possible here? Yeah. Um, and being open to the question and not trying to like shut yourself down. I suppose being able to step out of the mind chatter.
1: Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, and then, like mindfulness kind of ties in with that too, like because you obviously have to be very aware of your mind chatter, mm.
0: um,
1: and like learning to build a healthy relationship with your personal mind chatter, like my mind chatter, I should say, um, my mind chatter for me, I find is usually very positive. Um, obviously, I have like the ability to get into negative holes as well, um, and like that's you if. Ashley and I ever have an argument it's because I've got stuck down like a bit of a negative hole and I've lost that ability to look at the optimism in the scenario and kind of stick to the empathetic point of view and look at it objectively Mm. Um, and that's just like normally I'm just defending my own ego Mm. Um, which will get you into trouble almost every single time. If you're doing anything from a place of defending your own ego, like it's mm. never, it's never works out good. Um, but yeah, another scenario for uh, the emotional consciousness continuum is, uh, and I experienced this the other day, so I wrote it down. It was the difference between fe- feeling tired and then also feeling that calm and bliss Like, tired sucks, and I hate being tired. And I like it almost to the point where if I haven't got a good sleep, I will uh, like, I will divert into thinking my whole day is ruined ahead of time because I'm tired. And I'm trying to learn how to like shift that belief because obviously, you can still get a lot done when you're tired um but also just like when you're tired that's a sign that you probably need to rest first of all Mm, um slow down and slow down but like i was sitting there just after my morning yoga and i kind of sat there and i was feeling tired and normally after my morning yoga i feel kind of like a bit more cheerful and i'm ready to get amongst my day and it kind of shakes all of those like shitty morning thoughts that people get when you first wake up and you you kind of Thinking out your day, which we can talk about in a moment as well. But I kind of just sat there and I just took some deep breaths and I kind of, I was just choosing to enjoy the feeling of tiredness. And when you're tired, you can almost get to an out of body state where you're just kind of like your body's just falling asleep and your mind channel is so like soothing. Mm. And if you just sit with that for a little bit and take like, let's say 10 minutes It is the most blissful experience you could possibly have. And all it is, is you're just tired, but you're choosing to, instead of look at it and fight it, you're just choosing calmness and bliss. Mm -hmm. And so those two like feelings, like like, exactly the same thing, but again, taking an optimistic point of view on it Mm -hmm. and then just saying, okay, well, what can I actually, can I enjoy this? Is the question um, I'm asking myself is, can I enjoy this, this feeling? And if you're tired and you're going to go throughout your day, you're going to have like a kind of a weird day, but Mm -hmm. also like being in a different state of reality can be very enjoyable as well. If you just look at it like that, you're like, okay, I'm going to have a weird day. It's going to be different, but like I'm going to experience different things today because I'm tired. What can I, can I enjoy this experience Mm -hmm. for what it is?
0: Mm -hmm. It's kind of like what I was talking about before we jumped on in the car. Um, Similar was you know the the suffering comes from you know that that we can experience pain or discomfort but there's also an added level of suffering dependent on our mind chatter and how we choose to look at the situation and our point of view so the example that I was giving was a little different which was I was having period cramps and there was I was just I felt like I was really suffering yes there was pain there but I also noticed that I was fighting the pain. I was like, "Oh, this is so painful. I just want the pain to go away. If only I didn't have this pain." And then I just sat there for a minute and I was like, "What if I what if I just stopped thinking that?" And of course, the pain doesn't go away, but all of a sudden I felt like I wasn't suffering and I was just allowing the pain to be. Yeah. And I've done that before for other painful experiences as well. Um I
1: Sorry to interrupt you. That's right. I feel like, um, and I'm, I'm, I don't want to piss off any women out there saying that I understand what period pain feels like because obviously I don't. I'm a guy and I'm super lucky in that regard. Mm. Um, but in the same scenario, if you're someone who's like an avid gym goer and you're lifting a lot of weight and pushing yourself all the time, you're constantly in pain. Mm. Um, but what an avid gym goer will t- do is like, they'll just continually tell themselves, they're like, Pain is gain, right? Like you're mm-hmm. constantly thinking, okay, I'm in pain, but however, this pain means I'm building more muscle. It's
0: gonna support me,
1: and yeah, and so you're constantly just looking at your pain as like a positive thing. Mm-hmm. Um, what's the word for that? It starts with M. I'm mas mas- I What is that? I can't. I, it's it's a weird word.
0: I have no idea. Something like stumped that. Stumped
1: me. Yeah, but like just yeah, looking like looking at, at the pain like that. And just like trying to find like a positive positive light out of it it 's funny how gym goers will do that because we're i I often wonder and I ask myself and, um and I wonder how bodybuilders do it all the time, but like is the the strength gains that you 're getting out of it worth the constant pain you 're in mm. And obviously it is because I still keep doing it and there's so many other aspects to it. Mm -hmm. Um, But I don't necessarily train like a bodybuilder would. I train like a basketball athlete would. And like my my training schedule looks very, very different to what someone like that might be doing. But even still, like for instance, the other day I did trap bar deadlift and your traps hurt so much after trap bar deadlift. Like it's so annoying how... And I'm obviously not doing it quite as often as enough because there's so many different stimuluses that I'm applying in my training. So I'm not always doing the same exercises often. So I'm not building like a super strong resistance to the, the fatigue in certain muscles. But yeah, like having a sore neck and like your traps of this muscle that connect from like they connect from your shoulder to your, your upper upper neck um, and just having that section sore all day can be like the most frustrating thing
0: it is you you, you literally are using them all day mm-hmm. no matter what you do you're keeping yeah, your head and neck supported yeah, yeah yeah
1: but yeah but like l- viewing that as like no like i'm doing this for a reason like yeah. the benefits of my vertical jump is going to pay off by doing this exercise and yeah. so therefore like i'm more than happy to pay that sacrifice um to finding get finding
0: the benefits mm. yeah
1: yeah, it's everything when you boil it down, it's all pros and cons, isn't it? Yeah. Um I had one other like emotion I've got on this continuum right now, mm-hmm. and that is um frustration and enthusiasm. Um can also be very very similar in the fact that like you're getting frustrated about something because you care about it a lot. and And so yeah exactly so you've got this care for something and the reason why you're getting frustrated is because you want to get it right and so you've got a lot of enthusiasm there as well Mm -hmm. and finding that balance and again finding the reason why you're doing that thing and the best part about frustration is is normally if you're frustrated you're at that point where you're probably learning like if you're not feeling frustrated about something you're trying to do then you're not really pushing yourself like you're choosing the easy route Mm. and um that's that's a slow way to learn like if you like you the perfect example is like if some if you're someone who is learning an instrument or something like that you're going especially when you're first new to it or any new song you're picking up you're gonna have those moments where you're just like you feel like you want to pull your hair out because you just can't get this progression right you might Mm -hmm. have it in your head that, yeah, I know what to do, but my fingers aren't doing what I'm telling them to do. Or I keep making that same mistake over and over. And you practice it like literally 50 times before you get it once right. But when you get it at once right, all of this enthusiasm goes through. You're like, yes, I got it once right. All right, now I, can, now I can have the patience to do it 20 more times to get it another time right. And then all of a sudden you start stringing together correctly. Yeah. And that's like with everything. But that enthusiasm and frustration, they just go hand in hand.
0: Yeah. Um, Do you know what? It's also when it comes to the frustration part, I'm just thinking like when you're learning an instrument too, it's also an ego comparison because you're like, I or um, you're holding yourself to a higher standard instead of embracing the process. Um, I guess it probably comes back to suffering again too. Like you're choosing to suffer instead of meeting yourself where you're at and holding yourself in a space where you're like, yeah, you know what? I'm learning. Uh, I'm going to get it eventually if I just keep practicing.
1: Yeah. Uh, that's actually probably like the best point to kind of like end this this portion on is like, um, and that was like a Taoist thing was life is suffering that's inevitable right. That's uh, Buddhism. Buddhism, life uh, they probably both have a similar probably. view. Probably, yeah. Um, but life, life is suffering, mm-hmm. and it's inevitable. So it's all about how you choose to look at it. Mm -hmm. And yeah, so if if you're not finding ways to take out the good things out of it, then you're inevitably just going to be sad, lonely, depressed. And yeah, Mm -hmm. so don't let suffering stop you from doing anything because... Mm. inevitably or you're, you're either, if you let suffering stop you from doing things, you're going to suffer. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. A- it's inevitable.
0: Avoiding suffering is going to cause you more suffering. Yeah. Literally. Yeah. Like, yeah. I think that's one of the four, there's like four noble truths in Buddhism. The first one is life is suffering. And then I think it might be the third one, which is like, you are you are the cause of your own suffering. Yeah. Like they, they say it straight out. Uh, like you're either in or out with Buddhism. It's uh, like, you're the cause, uh, you're the problem.
1: Yeah. Everything's you. Look inside yourself.
0: Yeah. Fucking go in with instead of yeah. going out with, man.
1: Yeah, hundred mm-hmm. um, percent. That's all I really had on. Um, like, I'm bring up today. my little little last point was, how can you be a healthy skeptic? Um, I guess that's how I like view my mindset. Like, I've slowly over time become so much more of an optimistic step, skeptic, rather than like someone who's trying to find the hole and everything. I'm constantly trying to find what can I take away from everything? Mm-hmm. And it's it's so much of a better way of looking at things. Cause you can just constantly learn. A lot of people like they'll hear something they don't necessarily agree with and they just shut off from the whole entire mm-hmm. rest of what's being said. Yeah. Um and I, I think that's crazy. Like why would you shut off so many different things and opportunities you could learn from by just having being being stubborn. And so the my point to that is Um, by being a healthy skeptic the overall rule is don't be a slave to your own ideas Um, and that's how you be a healthy skeptic like you have Mm -hmm. to be very fluid in your ideas and be willing to change them so yeah don't be a slave to them
0: Mm, very much fixed mindset versus growth mindset um another way i look at it which is 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 not maybe it's not healthy skeptic but is uh how can i relate to this if i am if i shut off to someone's idea um which I always think if I'm if I'm being judgmental or critical of someone's idea, then there's there's an opportunity for me to look inwards. And so I go, okay, well, how can I relate to this then? Mm. Um, and open up the conversation that way. Because uh, sometimes our emotions can blind us from being able to have an open mind as well.
1: Yeah. Um, do you want to wrap up? I do have one other point, but I noticed time is running away on us.
0: That's okay. Well we'll We'll try and continue,
1: okay. The other thing I want to talk about after um was it Sammy
0: yes, Sammy
1: um she was kind of talking about calories, which I really enjoyed, and I am one hundred percent with the agreements with her with regards to calories in versus Salaries calorie in. out, mm-hmm. um and like inevitably losing weight is is all about calories in versus calories out. Uh, however, I do not believe that all calories are equal in the sense that it is very important to eat well, but you can most certainly lose weight by just like you could eat and I have this debate all the time with um my work colleague at work, and he <laughs> like he he like usually I, I would say like ninety percent of the time he makes like really good like health choices with regards like he normally his his lunch meal is Um, yogurt, granola, or, like, some kind of granola mix. And he'll fast all the way to, like, 1 o'clock, which is super impressive. And um, he'll eat just this yogurt granola mix for his breakfast slash very late lunch kind of scenario, Um, which I think is, like, a great blend. Um, However, like, he'll also go through phases where it'll be, like, just a couple chicken schnitzels that are, like, from a packaged food for... A couple of weeks which isn't a great option however he has shredded up so well um, just from constantly ensuring that he's fasting and he's monitoring his calories in verse out and he's in such great shape now it's awesome um, even despite not always choosing the best quality of food But yeah, that that scenario definitely holds true. Like calories in versus calories out works. It's important understanding it is huge. Um, But if you inevitably want to really become like a high performer, and you want to take control over how you feel all the time, I would start considering like the quality of your food starts becoming more and more apparent. And I don't think I'm not trying to say Sammy wasn't um making that point because i'm sure she would agree with me as well um but like i i also think and this is just a theory of mine for the average joe who doesn't utilize their body as often as i might um i don't think they notice the difference in performance that you can have when you're eating just like everyday food compared to like a really really clean choice of like you know having like a good chunk chunk of fresh veggies and mm-hmm. meats and rice and like just a really nice whole a whole food blend um, of food that you eat consistently compared to like having just like monitoring your calories and then eating like but like eating still donuts or Maccas or whatever it might be, but just like monitoring what's going in and out. Like my joint pain when I eat really well compared to when I don't eat really well, It like the difference is so huge um, mm-hmm. that I, I, would, I just wouldn't go back. And I obviously inevitably like go back to making unhealthy food choices because if you lived a life of just strict discipline 24-7, You would also, yeah, you would also find misery in that as well. There has Mm -hmm. to be a healthy balance. Um,
0: Healthy is an interesting word in that, Uh, uh, a pleasurable balance, maybe even.
1: Well, yeah. And those, like, let's say when I pig out and I have my, like, two cinnamon donuts and a coffee, oh, it's so good. But it's so good because it's rare. It's rare. And that's what's so important as well. Like, if you were to, like, enjoy. Candy all the time and just eat candy throughout the whole day. Eventually, candy's gonna suck. Like yeah. you can't. Like there's no way blissful experiences remain blissful if you try and stay in bliss. Like eventually, bliss turns to like almost like a uh, a hell, right? Yeah. Like there's nothing. Well,
0: you I, need more of it to try and get that fix that you you want from it. I you're think not getting it.
1: the easiest way to explain this is everyone can relate to loving a song. Like you just have that song you absolutely love. Now play it a hundred times a day, and I guarantee you will hate that song.
0: Even once every day for a month, yeah, you're over it over by it. that Done. month. Yeah, that's a great analogy. Yeah, for foods like that, I honestly think we could do a whole podcast episode on food, like yeah. between you know my intolerances, what it's like having to eat that way. Um, you know, we've already kind of touched on you know uh, energy. In versus energy out but there's a lot there's a lot of knowledge that you have that you've built up over the years that I think we could um go over but that's a great analogy to end things on um if everyone kind of took that analogy I think you would not even notice um people probably less people overweight but also more people a bit happier um less cases of probably diabetes, especially when it comes to sugary foods. Oh, for sure.
1: Diabetes, I think,
0: is a bigger epidemic than COVID.
1: Well, in America, yeah, 100%. Not even a controversial statement. It might seem controversial, but that's just a fact. Two thirds of America are either pre-diabetic or diabetic.
0: Fucking hell.
1: Like, that's so (laughs) scary. And, apparently, diabetes is going to be the number one health cost Slash also just expenditure for the Americans in the near future, full stop. Like they spend billions of dollars, billions upon billions of dollars on just diabetes alone. And if they can solve that problem, they're going to have a hell of a lot more money to spend on other things. Like it would just infinitely make their country better. Maybe that's why all the Asian countries are just crushing it. Not only are they stealing our data, but they're (laughs) super, super healthy.
0: Yeah, yeah. God, their food's good.
1: Their food's good.
0: All right. Well, we might wrap that up. Yeah. Um, we covered a lot of ground today mm. as well. Um, but to the listeners, if there's anything that you want us to touch on even deeper, if you have new ideas that you want us to talk about, we are open to talking about absolutely everything. Um, so let us know. DM me. DM Chaz. Whoever you're more comfortable messaging, on Instagram. Um, DM Ashley. Okay. <laughs> DM me. fine
1: that's cool. Whatever. You can't even DM me though. That's what. Oh, you're me. on yeah. private. Okay. Yeah.
0: Yep. There you go. DM me. Yeah. Um. All right. Thanks for coming on again.
1: You're welcome. If you want to support us, ironwoodwatches.com dot com, um, or follow me on Instagram on that same thing. It's Iron, uh, Wood underscore Watches. Um, give us a follow. That'd be awesome. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, trying to build a small little brand there.
0: Yeah, and also. Uh, review and rate this podcast because the more ratings and reviews I get, the more it gets out there, which means the more we can do this and actually prioritize this and put more energy into it. Um, and you're supporting people and their dreams too. So... Thanking right. you. Adios. Adios. <laughs> all right. That's my new outro. <laughs>